Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here from one you think too slow to grant them. No doubt. Ye are both young and filled with the pride of your strength and manhood, and I dare say you thought it only needful to cut the thongs to leave you masters of the ground. But he that has seen much is apt to think much. Had I run like a bustling woman to have given you freedom, these hags of the Sioux would have seen the same, and then where would you both have found yourselves? Under the tomahawk and the knife, like helpless and outcrying children, though gifted with the size and beards of men." Ask our friend, the bee-hunter, in what condition he finds himself to struggle with a Teton boy after so many hours of bondage, much less with a dozen merciless and bloodthirsty squaws. Truly, old trapper, returned Paul, stretching his limbs, which were by this time entirely released, and endeavoring to restore the suspended circulation. You have some judgmental notions in these matters. Now, here am I, Paul Hover, a man who will give in to few at wrestle or race, nearly as hapless as the day I paid my first visit to the house of old Paul, who is dead and gone. The Lord forgive him any little blunders he may have made while he tarried in Kentucky. Now, there is my foot on the ground, so far as eyesight has any virtue, and yet it would take no great temptation to make me swear it didn't touch the earth by six inches. I say, honest friend, since you have done so much, have the goodness to keep these damnable squalls, of whom you say so many interesting things, at a little distance, till I have got the blood of this arm in motion, and am ready to receive them. The trapper made a sign that he perfectly understood the case, and he walked towards the superannuated savage, who began to manifest an intention of commencing his assigned task, leaving the bee-hunter to recover the use of his limbs as well as he could, and to put Middleton in a similar situation to defend himself. Matori had not mistaken his man in selecting the one he did to execute his bloody purpose. He had chosen one of those ruthless savages, more or less of whom are to be found in every tribe, who had purchased a certain share of military reputation by the exhibition of a hardihood that found its impulses in an innate love of cruelty. Contrary to the high and chivalrous sentiment which among the Indians of the prairies renders it a deed of even greater merit to bear off the trophy of victory from a fallen foe than to slay him, he had been remarkable for preferring the pleasure of destroying life to the glory of striking the dead. While the more self-devoted and ambitious braves were intent on personal honor, he had always been seen established behind some favorable cover, depriving the wounded of hope by finishing that which a more gallant warrior had begun. In all the cruelties of the tribe he had ever been foremost, and no Sioux was so uniformly found on the side of merciless counsels. 
he had awaited, with an impatience which his long practised restraint could with difficulty subdue, for the moment to arrive when he might proceed to execute the wishes of the great chief, without whose approbation and powerful protection he would not have dared to undertake a step that had so many opposers in the nation. But events had been hastening to an issue between the hostile parties, and the time had now arrived, greatly to his secret and malignant joy, when he was free to act his will. The trapper found him distributing knives to the ferocious hags, who received the presents chanting a low, monotonous song, that recalled the losses of their people, in various conflicts with the whites, and which extolled the pleasures and glory of revenge. The appearance of such a group was enough of itself to have deterred one, less accustomed to such sights than the old man, from trusting himself within the circle of their wild and repulsive rites. Each of the crones, as she received the weapon, commenced a slow and measured but ungainly step around the savage, until the whole were circling him in a sort of magic dance. The movements were timed in some degree by the words of their songs, as were their gestures by the ideas. When they spoke of their own losses, they tossed their long straight locks of grey into the air, or suffered them to fall in confusion upon the withered necks, but as the sweetness of returning blow for blow was touched upon, by any among them it was answered by a common howl, as well as by gestures that were sufficiently expressive of the manner in which they were exciting themselves to the necessary state of fury. Into the very centre of this ring of seeming demons the trapper now stalked, with the same calmness and observation as he would have walked into a village church. No other change was made by his appearance than a renewal of the threatening gestures with, if possible, a still less equivocal display of their remorseless intentions. Making a sign for them to cease, the old man demanded, Why do the mothers of the Tetons sing with bitter tongues? The Pawnee prisoners are not yet in their village. The young men have not come back loaded with scalps. He was answered by a general howl and a few of the boldest of the Furies even ventured to approach him, flourishing their knives within a dangerous proximity of his own steady eyeballs. It is a warrior, you see, and no runner of the long knives, whose face grows paler at the sight of a tomahawk, returned the trapper, without moving a muscle. Let the Sioux women think, if one white skin dies, a hundred spring up where he falls. Still, the hags made no other answer, than by increasing their speed in the circle, and occasionally raising the threatening expressions of their chant into louder and more intelligible strains. Suddenly, one of the oldest and the most ferocious of them all broke out of the ring and skirted away in the direction of her victims like a rapacious bird, that having wheeled on poised wings for the time necessary to ensure its object, makes the final dart upon its prey. The others followed a disorderly and screaming flock, fearful of being too late to reap their position of the sanguinary pleasure. "'Mighty medicine of my people!' shouted the old man in the Teton tongue. "'Lift your voice and speak, that the Sioux nation may hear.' Whether Asinus had acquired so much knowledge by his recent experience as to know the value of his sonorous properties, or the strange spectacle of a dozen hags flitting past him, filling the air with such sounds as were even grating to the ears of an ass, most moved his temper, it is certain that the animal did that which Obed had requested to do, and probably with far greater effect than if the naturalist had strove with his mightiest effort to be heard. It was the first time the strange beast had spoken since his arrival in the encampment. Admonished by so terrible a warning, the hags scattered themselves, like vultures frightened from their prey, still screaming and but half diverted from their purpose. 
In the meantime, the sudden appearance, and the imminency of the danger, quickened the blood in the veins of Paul and Middleton, more than all their laborious frictions and physical expedients. The former had actually risen to his feet, and assumed an attitude which perhaps threatened more than the worthy bee-hunter was able to perform, and even the latter had mounted to his knees, and shown a disposition to do good service for his life. The unaccountable release of the captives from their bonds was attributed by the hags to the incantations of the medicine, and the mistake was probably of as much service as the miraculous and timely interposition of Asinus in their favour. "'Now is the time to come out of our ambushment,' exclaimed the old man, hastening to join his friends, "'and to make open and manful war. It would have been policy to have kept back the struggle, until the captain was in better condition to join.' but as we have unmasked our battery, why we must maintain the ground, he was interrupted by feeling a gigantic hand on his shoulder. Turning, under a sort of confused impression that necromancy was actually abroad in the place, he found that he was in the hands of a sorcerer no less dangerous and powerful than Ishmael Bush. The file of the squatter's well-armed sons, that was seen issuing from behind the still-standing tent of Matori, explained at once not only the manner in which their rear had been turned while their attention had been so earnestly bestowed on matters in front but the utter impossibility of resistance neither ishmael nor his sons deemed it necessary to enter into prolix explanations middleton and paul were bound again with extraordinary silence and dispatch and this time not even the aged trapper was exempt from a similar fortune the tent was struck the females placed upon the horses, and the whole were on the way towards the squatter's encampment, with a celerity that might well have served to keep alive the idea of magic. During this summary and brief disposition of things, the disappointed agent of Matori and his callous associates were seen flying across the plain, in the direction of the retiring families, and when Ishmael left the spot with his prisoners and his booty, the ground, which had so lately been alive with the bustle and life of an extensive Indian encampment, was as still and empty as any other spot in those extensive wastes. End of chapter 29